Peter says, I know who you are. You are Christ. And Jesus told him, you're right. But he still didn't figure it all the way out. But he told him, he said, don't go and tell anybody because I don't want everybody to know yet. Why did he not want everybody to know yet? Does anybody know? It wasn't his time. You know what had to happen? And, and, and you know, I'm going to ask you, who is he in your life? Who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is in your life? He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Alive, I died for, alive forevermore, I died. Jehovah, Jireh, you name it. Shelter, refuge, light of the world, Emmanuel, love, advocate, the potter, the deliverer, the whisperer, the creator. You name it. Keep naming it. That's who he is. Who is he for you, though? Do you really walk in the anointing and the power of him? Because I'm telling you, when we begin to understand that and realize that, great things begin to happen. Now, this was the important thing, that he was getting ready to blow the disciples' minds. He said, I've got to suffer, I've got to die, and in three days I'm going to rise. What? The Messiah, the King, the Lord that's supposed to be our Redeemer. I want to tell you something. He was considered the anointed one. Now, uh, the anointed one in the Greek is what it means. It walks with that this person is the king that walks with the power and authority to redeem the righteous kingdom. That's what he was supposed to do. But that's not what was getting ready to happen. And that's not what he just told his disciples. And, and they didn't know what to think. And so Peter comes. And Peter grabs him. <laughs> I look at Peter and I'm like, was that boy stupid or what? Did he have a brain fart or what happened? It's like he walks up to Jesus, grabs him by the arm, takes him away from all the disciples and said, you're not going to do that. Say what? And of course, what does it say? It says, Jesus standing there looks back at the disciples and he says, get behind me, Satan. You have no authority. You see, Peter, who was a man of God and a great man of God, thought that God spoke to him and told him to tell Jesus what to do. I'm going to tell you something, church. You're going to find men of God that are going to, and women of God that are going to try to tell you what God says, and it is not of God. And you need to discern that. You need to get in the Word of God. See, this is a great thing that happened. We're on this journey to the cross. You remember when we started? I said we're on this journey to the cross, and we're going on this journey to the cross with Jesus, and great things are going to happen. But guess what? When we hit lid, that's when it gets serious. That's when they start whipping him. That's when they start torturing him. That's whenever he dies. You see, church, I don't know about you, I watched that, that movie. What was that name of that movie? Passion. I've watched that movie a few times. 
And I don't know about you, I don't know how tough you think you are, but I cry like a baby when I watch that. Because he took that on upon him for us. Because of my stripes, because of my stripes, because of my stripes, you're healed. You hear what I'm saying? He was telling the disciples, preparing them for what's getting ready to happen. Now pay attention, church. In the world we're living in right now, there's things that are happening. God is preparing leaders right now. God is, it's making me sick to my stomach right now. Excuse me, Braxton County. I've heard nobody say nothing about taking the mask off my grandkids. I'm tired of looking at a stupid mask. I'm tired of the government trying to tell me I need to be vaccinated. I know what I need to be, and God will tell me what I need to do, and I'll do it. If I get old and I need it, I might do it, but I'm trusting God. When I went to that VA hospital, because it was all congestion and thought my lungs were messed up, I was perfectly healthy, he said. You got great lungs. He said, you just ripped your throat out from coughing. He tried to tell me I had COVID. I, tried, I told him, you're crazy. He argued with me. He left there. He said, I'll be back with the test, and I'll prove it. I said, you bring her back. He left. He come back. He started talking, messing with me. He said, oh, by the way, you got uh, influenza A. I said, thank you. You see, the doctors can try to tell you. That's why I went up there, because down here they told me, you got, you got COVID. I said, no, I don't. They said, yeah, you got it, you got it. You see, church, what we speak really makes a difference. What Jesus was trying to teach the disciples right now was going to happen. It was going to happen. And what we're seeing right now is a worldly struggle, a spiritual struggle in a spiritual realm that if you're not anointed by God, you have no clue what's getting ready to happen. But I'm here to tell you, there's getting ready to be one of the biggest wars that ever happened since World War II unless God steps in. That will be the only way this war doesn't start. And if this war starts, you pay attention to China and see what they do next. Pay attention. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to shake people up. God is awakening America as we speak right now. There are thousands of people being saved all over the place. They're having great tent revivals, and they're coming by the hordes. These people are getting healed. Miracles and signs are happening. It's because people are seeking something bigger than themselves. Man, I'll tell you, I love the Lord. I, I love Dustin. I look into Dustin's eyes, and I see that far. And I said, man, that was me when I got saved. When I lived for the devil, I was the devil. Amen? But I said, when I live for you, Lord, I'm going to live for you. And I've never turned back. I like his smile. Never at a time you'll meet this man, you don't meet him with a smile. I can feel his smile over the phone. I'm telling you, it's contagious. When you walk in an anointing like that, it's contagious. People want to know. You know, before I left the VA, I give that doctor a cross. He said, man, I make these things. I like this one. I said, that's special. It's from Israel. And I told him about it. He wasn't a Christian because he's throwing all these dirty words and stuff. I knew he wasn't a Christian. Or he might have been a backslid Christian. 
Anyway, we parted. He's a great guy. And, and, uh, but church, Jesus not only prepared the disciples then, he's preparing us today. Now, I'm almost done. Stay with me. He, he knows the plan. I love this scripture. This is one of my favorite scriptures. When my son was in a bad place and we were hurt so bad, I went into the store and I walked into the store and we were going to get him some clothes. And I seen a sweatshirt hanging there and I went to grab it and this was what it said. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Man, somebody ought to shout amen. There's no confusion in that. There's no confusion in our life serving God. If you're in a confused state in your life right now, it's because you haven't completely heard that still small voice yet. That's why. And the moment you shut yourself down, you shut that noise out of your life, because that's a devil. The devil gets louder because he don't want you to know what God's got planned for you. It's promises of a prosper to bless you and give you hope. But now he goes on. Now this is getting serious here, church, and this is where, where I want you to know now. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. He called everybody this time. Everybody. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it, and the gospel will save it. I don't know if I got that word. Did I get it? Church? Hey, here's where the rubber hit the road for the followers. This is where a lot of people packed their toys up and went home. This is where disciples left. They wasn't ready for this. Let me tell you, they said, I know what the cross represents. Let me tell you, you know what? This cross that I wear, I don't wear this for jewelry. I wear this to remind me that Jesus died on this cross for the world. This is Jerusalem cross. The center cross is Jesus. The four crosses around it means the gospel going to the four corners of the world. And so we got to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus. Deny yourself. What does that mean to you when you deny yourself? What does it mean? When we deny ourselves... We become, and I wrote this down, man, them kids are just having so much fun downstairs. I'm going to be down there with them, John. It means that we got we to gotta leave. We got to live as an other-centered person. Listen to me now. I'm going to say this one more time so you get it in your mind. We got to live as an other-centered person. other Centered person, not self-centered person. When I got saved, I realized that it was not about my life. For my whole life, and Kim will tell you, I thought it was all about me. I thought it was all about Doug and what Doug did and what Doug wanted and how Doug wanted to get rich and all this stuff. And when I got saved, God slapped me right out of the picture. And he's put all these beautiful people in the picture and said, these people need Jesus. 
So you got to deny yourself. And you you got to become other centered. Man, I tell you. And when you do, God opened the doors to do great things. Pick up your cross and follow me. That cross was a serious thing, church. Those people knew that that cross represented death. Those people knew that the Romans, the worst, torturous, evil people in the world, used that for fun. That's what they thought was fun to torture us with, the Christians. They wouldn't have no part of that. To pick up your cross means you got to put down yourself. And you got to pick up Jesus. You got to die. It says you got to lose your life. It's not saying literally die. It's saying you got to lose the world. You got to get rid of all that stuff in the world that's keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. Man, I'll tell you, I, I want this, I want that. I got to have the biggest, got to have the best, got to have the money, got to have the house, got to have all this stuff, man. You watch TV, it's all about the rich people, it's all about the bling, it's all about the gold, it's all about this and that. And finally, one day, God finally showed me, you know what? It's all about me, Doug. It's all about Jesus. And you know what happened? God took that self out of me and put Jesus into me. And I realized, God, you're going to give me what I need. I don't have to worry about this. And so my goal is to pay everything off. And I'm not rich. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not rich. But my goal before I retire next year in June is that everything I own is paid off. I got two items left to pay off. My home's paid off, and I'm bragging for that because Jesus took care of that. I never thought I'd ever live in a place that was paid off. Never thought I'd ever get out of a trailer. Nothing wrong with trailers. But God has a better plan. A better plan. So we got to... This is a serious cost, church, to be a disciple. That's why when I told you and brought you in as a disciple, I said, this is no joke. This is serious stuff. This is just not putting your name on paper. Because I'm going to push you. So then he says, uh, Do not fear those who kill the body, but unable, oh, I'll put this up there, but unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the body and the soul in hell. <coughs> I'm like Dustin, I ain't afraid of nothing in this world. The devil can do anything he wants to me here or try. God's got my back, and I know that I know that my soul's taken care of. Do you know that today? If you don't, you should. He says, whoever is ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous and sinful generation. Now think about that. That was when Jesus was walking the earth. He said, this adulterous and sinful generation. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Everybody thinks, oh, we got the biggest and baddest and sinfulest and evilest generation in the world. I'm like, no, you don't. You ought to have been in Rome when all that evil was going on there. You ought to have been around all those Greeks when they worshipped all their funky gods. Because they got funky. I'm not even going into that. If we're ashamed of him, he's ashamed of us, church. I don't want you to be ashamed of him. I want you to pick up your cross and follow him. God is such an amazing God, and I'm going to let... I'm going to let Dustin finish up with the altar call, and I'm going to be here with him. But this is what I'm doing today. God put it on my heart this week. Uh, 
God put them on my heart this week. I'm praying for awakening because we need the beds and we need this and we need that. We got people calling. We got people wanting to come to this program, but it's not fully facilitated yet. And I've saved a little bit of money for a hard time. And God said, give them $1,000. I'm like, oh, God, I'll raise $1,000. He said, no, you give them $1,000. Kim knows me. I'm kind of uh, like a Jew. I'm, I'm tight with my money. <clears throat> Let me tell you, when I went to Israel, there was no prices on the, there was a starting price on your items. You could Jew anywhere you went. Any store you walked into, if that item was $20, I used, well, you want 20 Nope, I give you 15. Nope, 17. 15 to half. Nope. Man, I mean, you could barter with. I love that I barter with everybody. I'd go get a piece of bubble gum and barter with them. Just for the fun of it. Money, I take money seriously because a lot of people think of money as evil, but money's not evil. <clears throat> so I'm making a challenge to the people who have it. If you've got extra money, I'm making a $1,000 challenge. I'm, I'm going to put my $1,000 right here on, on the altar. Church is giving $1,000. Me and God talked about it. And we care is giving $500. Now, I understand, listen, there's some people that can't, and we understand that. Don't worry about that. We've had people giving us paper towels and, and all kinds of supplies, and, and I found two bottles of dish washing liquid on my desk today. Praise God. We need all that stuff. Toothpaste, toothbrushes, you name it. Anything you got in your house, we, can, we need it. Amen. And we're going to have it by the end of this week when we're done, you can walk into our, our new recovery home and it'll be ready for somebody to come in there and lay down in the bed and go to sleep. And that bed's going to smell good, brother. That's right. It's ours. Ours. Yes. It's not mine. It's not Doug's not the false churches. This is God's. Amen. May I decrease so he can increase. Thank you, Lord. Just want you guys to know and remember a little bit of scripture where they, they were coming and giving the offering. They are giving an offering to help and, and it was a law. And this woman came and she gave all that she had to help a sinner. And the Lord said, she gave more than everybody else. This, what this ministry is about, it's an opportunity to bear fruit. It's an opportunity to help somebody who has, who has nothing. They don't have anything to lean on. They don't have nowhere to turn. They don't even know the Lord Jesus Christ possibly. This is our opportunity to just show them. I'm a firm believer that if anything given is prayed over, that that's a seed from God. And we have done our part. We are not the cultivators. We are the seed growers. Understand that. God makes it work. God cultivates the soil. If God puts it on your heart, come up. If God puts it on your heart to move, come and pray, come and pray. Love to see every, I'd love to see everybody just come up and get close with the Lord. Feel His presence. And I'm going to pray. I want to thank Doug and the Pulse Church for the love offering. Mm. But come and pray with me.
pray with Doug. He's already up here. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that. Wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that. The wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that. The wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see that. The wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here Set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. We need. Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move. 
prayer I'm on there. I just want to thank you all for the prayers this week because man I'm telling you I was beat up I mean I was really beat down and and I prayed I three days I didn't do nothing but pray I couldn't sleep at night I pray all night coughing all night long and I just continue to pray thanking God I just thanking God I remember somebody somebody come to my face and I pray and I prayed, and I prayed, and I just kept praying. Because I knew I was going to pray through this. And I was going to be standing back up on the mountain again. And so I thank God for you all. And I want you to know God loves you so much. God is not mad at you. God's madly in love with you. God has a plan for you like you've never imagined. But you've got to let go of yourself and become of others. An other-centered plan. Lord, we thank you today for your mercy and your grace as we're almost to the end of the epiphany of Jesus' appearing, uh, Transfiguration Sunday, and then we're starting towards the cross. Serious time in the life of Jesus and the life of the disciples and everyone there. Serious time for us, Lord. We take an inner look into ourselves and start to try and clean up some of the mess we got going on. Because when we come to Resurrection Sunday, Lord, we want to be as pure and as clean as we can be. But Lord, we thank you for this day, for your mercy and for your grace, for the gifts and the ministries. Lord, as we go into this business meeting, and it's not going to be long, we're just going to give you the praise for what you do. You've done so much already. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen when, when it starts to get pretty and we can start to work on this beautiful church and to make it look beautiful for you. Most of all, Lord, we want to work on the community. The people out there that are struggling, the addictions, the brokenness, the hopelessness, the unchurched, the souls, Lord. I know you yearn for the souls. Forgive us where we fall short. Walk with us, strengthen us. Bring us back again safely. We love you so much. We 
just give you the praise and the glory always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Those that would like to 